We have returned from our hiatus. Welcome back to Amateur Hour. Welcome back. If this is your first time tuning in, please don't go. Because that's not our normal, okay? All right. All right. Welcome back to Amateur Hour. This is a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we'll see you next time. Just kidding. We're getting the show started. <laughs> We're going to talk about some sports. Amateur hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 53. That's right. Another episode. After our hiatus, because you know what, Trey, things get busy. They and do. if you can't manage your time, which apparently I can't, uh, it's very hard to crank out podcasts. Found that out. I've had people asking me, where's my content? And I feel bad. So hey, we're on it. Good things come to those who wait is what I've, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. We're telling you news two weeks after it happens. Okay. You might have <laughs> forgot about it. <laughs> That's where we come in. You know, we're not the Woges. We're not the Shams of the world. We're not that split second Twitter alert. We're the two weeks after the fact. So you can ruminate. Let the thoughts based. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you know, when you get into like an argument with someone, you, you, need, a, yeah. you need some time to cool down. Yeah. You need some time to think, right? Because yeah. if you say something in the moment, you might regret it. Yeah. We decided that it's not going to be just a night. It's going to be a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. And we took time to think about it. I mean, the episodes are good. We're sitting on some gold content, but oh uh, yeah, it just took us a while. So uh, by the Burned time you're listening to this, our computers. Ah, I know. Just eating up all the storage. Uh, <laughs> by the time you're listening to this, uh, we will have a double episode special published. So enjoy that content. Go back, listen. Happy Super Bowl. Happy sports season. Let's get the episode going on the right track. Shrey, take us in. To the weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right, Max. So, my weekly high is a combination sport, combination personal. I know we like to separate those, but I just watched a movie for the first time that is sports based. That a lot of people in the sports culture and the movie culture consider a classic. I had never watched it before, and that movie is Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Have you not, have you I'm not heard of Hoosiers? Randomly on Google. <laughs> <laughs> I spelled it wrong, too. Nope, never heard of that movie. I spelled it wow. wrong, too. No, so I had always heard of Hoosiers, right? Like, it's one of the big basketball movies. Hoosiers, you know, people talk about, like, Blue Chips. It's not a really great movie, but people talk about it. Um, You know what I mean? Those that That type of realm. Coach Carter, right? Those are some big basketball movies yeah Hoosiers is considered like one of the pinnacles of basketball movies because gene hackman and his speech to the to the locker room before the um before the before the big game the division <laughs> yeah regional championship regional finals or whatever um but excellent movie and it's sports based it's all about indiana basketball and how uh indiana goes crazy for basketball right it makes sense they only have the pacers and indiana like the hoosiers right like the uh the college 
like have like some of the most diehard fans ever in in sports so it was uh it was a really good movie like pretty good acting uh really good acting job from gene hackman and there's uh dennis hopper he plays like a an alcoholic a father of one of the the kids on the team and he but he has but he has like all the knowledge about all the other high school's players and like who's good who's bad like almost like scout like and so gene hackman like takes him and like makes him like tries to get him to sober up and like makes him an assistant coach and like gets his confidence back and dennis hopper like like got nominated for a an academy award for that for this movie yeah for that performance and he doesn't like there are times where you don't see him throughout the movie like fairly a lot of scenes but like his performance is because he's drunk as a skunk (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and he's like rehabbing throughout most of it because the like you find it's like a really low point but like the movie itself about basketball it's tough to make because you don't want it to become too niche right it's because you know i mean like this how much can you really go with like but you have to like really think about the human element and like the lives outside of basketball that's what makes a good sports movie it's right. when you're not just worrying just about... Just like The Blind Side, yeah. The Blind Side. You, I actually never watched The Blind Side either. I know. Oh, I know. Maron, yeah, my, that one's with Sandra Bullock. I know. My family watched it on a plane, and I I don't know why I didn't watch it, but that's like another one. I'm, I haven't watched a lot of big sports movies, it seems like, you know, when people talk about them. And, you know what I mean? Like, but you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it is what you're telling me. Yeah, it was a great movie. Uh, one like, out of ten. Like one of the... One yeah, out of ten? Yeah, yeah. Like an eight, eight and a half. Wow. That's yeah, for a sports movie for a sports movie, it's it's really good. Like obviously I've seen better movies, movie movies. <sighs> but uh for a sports movie, it's up there. It's tops. Yeah, that's well, like you said, it's kinda hard to make a sports movie because sometimes it can get too niche and then you're like, Okay, did yeah, you like, make you this just... for like Yeah just talking who, about who the did sport. you make it for you're just talking yeah. about the sport and i'm gonna go watch the nba or the nfl <laughs> yeah <laughs> or at least some college if i'm really down bad yeah 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 right well, well, we go gotta watch, watch the league highlights yeah we gotta watch the college stuff soon march madness is coming up i'm excited we gotta make the brackets we gotta talk about them i'm excited when we get to that part of the year yeah that's uh yeah i love that the best brackets are ones where people just roll the dice they're like i like this team this i like team. this team and all the critical analysts are like all right so if we're comparing their over under point averages and then their defensive rating and then uh, they're looking at their personnel those people always get it wrong never yeah, make a perfect do. bracket they do and they're always on tv <laughs> and if only virginia did an upset well well i was so close yeah you're like, okay all right, cool. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Yep. So. yep. I almost would have had it. Well, that's good. Uh, I definitely feel like I need to watch this movie now, too. You got to watch it. I just, it, I flipped, uh, I was flipping through the channels. That's what I like about cable. It's like you can just be flipping through some channels, realize a movie that you've heard about, but haven't watched is coming on, be like, sure. And then I just watched <laughs> it and I was like, oh, yeah, no, that, that I can see why that's a good movie. Well, don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, cool. That's great. And that's your personal and sports high. It is. Oh, wow. All right. We got a twofer, it is people. A twofer. I'm going to uh, bring us to the lows just because that's what we got to do. Got to get sad. Oh. <laughs> the lows. Uh, so I'll start with my personal low. 
Yeah, my personal low is that I lost a customer at work, uh, but the guy was kind of a uh, kind of like a nutty. Yeah, we're in the again construction supply business, and he started saying stuff about his mental. I don't know. The guy cursed out our whole operation, but I just oh, kind of wow. told him. Yeah, I was like, hey, I can only do what I can do. Uh, I can't. I was supposed to have a container weeks ago. Don't have it. I don't know what to tell you. He's like, he's like, if you don't get this. Heat it up for me. It's going to be my last set of, well, you know, like spray foam. And I was just like, all right, okay. You like, you don't have to buy from me. You don't have to take this one either. And he was just, he was going off. So that was, uh, was it, uh, a, a team decision or was it a him decision to part ways? Like, were you kind of like, I'm over it. Like you guys. Oh or yeah. No, there's, he like- there's no sweat off my back. Yeah. For him. Well, for him. And that's kind of why I wasn't trying to really be so accommodating. Cause I was like, I was like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Basically there was a miscommunication. Yeah, the product that he was buying needs to be at a certain temperature. When you use it, it was a little bit colder cause we store it outside and he didn't communicate with me that he needed it like this day to be this temperature. Typically oh, okay. people will pick it up early, heat it up themselves before they go to use it. Yeah. This guy comes and he's like, I'm spraying today. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know. How am I supposed to know? And then he just started <laughs> yeah. flipping out. That is what I call not having a good timeline and not being <laughs> organized. <laughs> yeah. He's and he like that morning. He's like, you have a swarm set for me. I'm like, wow, how you're, this is 5am. <laughs> sir. the day of like, stop I just, it. I just like that question. You have a warm set <laughs> of, uh, what, of what, sir? <laughs> of what? Oh my. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Sir? Depends. Finish the question. Finish your thought. Sir, this is a Chili's. <laughs> Busts into the restaurant. You know where I'm set for me? What? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that was an interesting experience. Uh, yeah, I pride myself on my customer service. But to see somebody walk away, this guy, I was like, you know what? You can go. I told him. Yeah. I was like, you don't have to buy this. Hell, I even prefer that you don't buy it. You can be, you can only be accommodating for so long until it's just like, well, this guy clearly doesn't want to work with you. Otherwise, he would find some sort of benefit to being patient, and he clearly does not want to be patient or communicate better. I don't know. And if, like, yeah. if he starts getting mean to my guys, like that's yeah, you're not you're not worth it. Goodbye. Yeah, that's a that's an expectation issue. He didn't tell you what your expe- his expectations was, and right, that's what he said. He's like, you know, happens. I always spray the same day. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Again, out of context. <laughs> Again, out of context. I, I would hope he didn't call you and start with that. <laughs> hey, I'm actually a skunk. <laughs> you know, I always spray the same day. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> hey, no, Shrey, you can't say that. Pepe Le Pew was canceled. Pepe Le Okay. Pepe Le Pew got canceled. Yep. He did? Like, legitimately. Look it up. Oh. He got canceled. Oh, dang. Yep. <laughs> not on my radar. I, I've not been in, in the Looney Tunes game for a long time. <laughs> I apologize. I remember when they first came out with Looney Tunes. Uh, so my sports low uh, is something that happened a few weeks ago. Again, we're really covering old news here. Uh, but it was something that happened a few weeks ago during NBA All-Star Weekend. And that was the entirety of the dunk contest. Holy cow. No, was that, that was some of the week. most... Yeah, but by the time they're listening to this. Oh, oh, okay, start over. My bad. I was like... <laughs> no, it's all good. So by the time... Yeah, well, I, holy cow, the dunk contest itself, like the whole affair was so boring and frankly, <laughs> a waste of my time. 
a waste of everybody's time, a waste of millions of times. I mean, if you saw the Shaq memes of him just looking upset Yo, on the sideline. the line, Shaq memes is so good because they, they compared the 2000 dunk contest one. It was like, where he's, ooh. Yeah, 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 with the with the, the camcorder. And then they compared him to him just like. Ah, bro, I was like, just seriously. dead silence. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> the whole, I mean, how many attempts do you give somebody to have them just keep whoop, 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 losing the ball. And those don't count. It was just, and also the dunks themselves, like people are losing the creativity. They're losing that spark and fire. Hey, look, there was two dunks that I liked. And I told Trace about one of them. It was Juan Toscano Anderson's windmill over Andrew Wiggins. I liked the dunk personally. And then the other one was Cole Anthony and the Tims. Very basic dunk, but he was doing it in Tim's. What, you liked him getting sturdy and then doing a normal dunk in Tim's? And then everyone after was like, they do that at the Rucker every day. (laughs) They're like, I've seen this in in New York every day. (laughs) That's actually... (laughs) They're like, like, this is not special. (laughs) Hey, dead ass! Don't forget about my Tim's B. Oh my god, it was so funny. But yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, props. I love props, right? But some Tim's of them hit. Prop. Some of them hit. Some of them don't. Like in terms of a modern prop, I always go back to the 2016 contest with Gordon and Levine, right? And Gordon brought out the mascot. What What is his name? Stuff the Magic Dragon? Is that something like that? I, some yeah. of that, right? Yeah. And on the hoverboard, right? And then got him to do the spin. Crazy. That was the first one. And then the second one where uh, he did the underneath both legs. Yeah. He brought it underneath the legs and stuff. Oh, man. So, like, there's a or good Blake way to Griffin bring Or Blake Griffin in a car. Or, like, Dwight Howard in his Superman. Like, the Dwight OG Howard in the Superman. Dwight Howard when he did the – or JaVale McGee when he did the – Did um, the two. The two. Yeah. Right, yeah. so like you can do props the right way. Yeah, this but putting oh, on Tim's is 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 <laughs> fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's a no. It's mid to poor. It's uh, no. It, yeah, like you said, Trey. Literally, it's something that like people will actually do regularly. It's a heavier shoe, like sure, but like I don't know. He did a normal dunk too. Like that's the thing. If he had done, if he had taken the Tim's and did like a, a between the legs. Yeah, but Trey. Like, Lest we forget, Cole Anthony is like five eleven. I know, like six I know. Foot at best, I know. But like, you gotta come up with something. You can't just do a normal dunk. And that's what was happening. Is like we're just seeing more normal dunks, dunks that we would consider in a good contest, like a warm up dunk, like the first round stuff that John Morant does every single day. Yeah, we're seeing that in like the finals now, and that's how we know like everything has shifted to. Just a bad product. This is something the NBA really has to look out for because either A, they're just – and I talked to Max about this off pod. The personnel they're getting for these dunk contests are just – they're starting off really poor just from the get-go, right? Like the only person I was excited about was Jalen Green because I've seen Jalen Green get up in games and stuff, and I'm like, oh, he has some hots, right? And then he comes in, and like oh, half of these guys haven't practiced a dunk until the day of or like the night before. And so half of these concepts are not flushed out properly. There's no Jalen like, Green was so boring. Oh, he's so boring, and he missed everything. It's a windmill, like, and they're windmills. They're windmills. We see that like exactly like you said, <laughs> Trey. You see windmills if you turn on the NBA. Yeah. 
like on any given day yeah like you know who translated really well from in-game dunking to other than vince carter from in-game dunking and dominique wilkins from in-game dunking to uh to like what we see is what you get is with gerald green i thought gerald green you remember gerald green and his in-game dunks were so fire his head was above the rim doing the windmill in new jersey and he was getting up like like that's that's a guy where you're like okay those are like concepts that he can take and like put him in a dunk contest and like he did the cupcake dunk you remember that uh-huh. he blew the candle off the cupcake like that's like okay he you know what you're gonna get and then he actually did something with it like it wasn't just like basic all these guys they're like expecting like oh my regular in-game tomahawk will be a 50 dunk and that's what's happening and like also now- the fact too yeah the fact too that they're still rated like a seven across the border <laughs> like an eight you're like bro give this guy a three, a three it's yeah, a scale it's what? a scale based off of the dunk contest not his ability to do a dunk now don't For get sure. me wrong we're we me and Trey are very impressed by all these guys athletic ability and stuff like that yeah but in the context of a dunk contest where it's assumed mm-hmm. that you know how to dunk the freaking basketball you got to come out with something better. Like we can watch, I can go to an LA fitness or excuse me. It's called Esporta now in Phoenix. Um, I can go to an LA fitness and watch people do that regularly. I can go to any one of my league games and watch people like throw down these crazy cockback windmills. Yeah. Like it's not what Jalen green did is impressive in its own right. But in the context of a dunk contest subpar at best. Yeah. And you were saying too, one attempt, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like give them one attempt. Yeah, either you make it or you don't. You get a zero, a one, or like you get whatever. And that's what like Shaq has been preaching, right? Like when we get the three attempts, and if you don't make the first one, like the hype goes away. Yeah, you can't get a ten unless I. So I revisited like to to cleanse myself of this past dunk contest. I revisited the 2016 contest, and I'll be continually talking about this because. Of modern contests, that's the best one. That's in the past fifth. Uh, how's it? Yeah, fifteen years. You know, two thousand eight is just on that cusp. In the past fifteen years, that's the best dunk contest I've seen. So absolutely, I went back and I saw Aaron Gordon miss his first dunk on a couple, but the ability to do that dunk got him back his ten because it was so crazy and it 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 was so imaginative. That like, even though he missed, you were like, oh, man, you're at the edge of your seat. Like, is he really going to do this? He, then he got it the second time enough for you to continue having your attention, right? With a lot of these dunks, they don't capture any imagination. They're just normal. Uh-huh. And then when you miss him, you're like, well, now I know what he's going to do. And if he does it, I'm still not going to be impressed. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like well, now <laughs> it's like spo- it's like it's like someone comes up to me and spoils an already bad movie yes they they just spoiled an m night Shyamalan movie for you and you're like <laughs> you're like well i wasn't gonna watch it anyway but I guess and also now I once you plot. find exactly and once you find out the twist you're like the twist wasn't even that good <laughs> they're like how oh, seriously no seriously that's kind of no, what it feels it's, like that's what it it's feels true. like sometimes it's true and so when like when we talk about the best contest right we talk about, okay, at that time, have you seen that, right? So when, when you go back and see the Vince Carter dunks, they're still crazy, but we've seen it since. So it doesn't, it, we feel like, oh, okay, we need something new. 
and the ability to to not take the time out like i don't know if you've said yes to this competition i would take a couple nights and be like hey can we sketch a couple ideas like you know what i mean put down a couple ideas i want to do something crazy i want to you know come out and make it this more entertaining right because it's like that's the whole thing it's like the showmanship of it and you can't just be like focused on the dunk you got to be you know the theatrics and people coming in and you wearing something underneath like that's like oh shoot like he's coming in like that like that's what you got to feel like it's the it's a show yeah absolutely also a few things that i also don't like uh, i wish that they still had like the the paper numbers you know that they would hold up versus the cards the electronic boards the cards (laughs) hold up the cards so you could like wave it you can do something with it electronic board yeah okay i get it it's fine that's a that's a ticky tack complaint but the other thing too is that i look back through a couple dunk contests the old ones used to be they would just clear the whole court and let you have the spotlight what i noticed about this year and even like the bubble year, they get they're like closer. Now you only have a half court to play with. And for some reason, when I'm watching that visually, I'm like, it feels way too crowded. I'm not focused on these dunks. They don't feel as special. It's not like the one thing that you're focused on. It just it feels crowded. Wait, so, so was that a thing? They they shut down half of the court. I didn't actually notice that. this year. This year, the judges table was like at half court and there was fans on the other side of the court or like oh, media no. cameras. Yeah, but in old dunk contests, you used to have the whole thing and maybe a couple of mascots yeah. down at the other side. Yeah, yeah, and you used to, and that's how people used to get their run-ups if they wanted to do a free throw. Go dunk. way back, right? right? This, like, this is if you look, it's tight. It's tight. Yeah. So, oh. so again, just things to add to the spectacle. And you're right, personnel, man. Like, I don't know. Just take. I wish. Mm, I don't know. I just wish. Yeah, I just wish that you could get. Some I wish the people. Guys. I wish the people would care about what the what the dunks were, right? Because when you look at, would they when care? You look at yeah, the whole, they care. Right. When you when you look at the the three point contest, you know someone wants to win a three point contest, like because they're pe- those are actual shooters. Like they're not coming out like bringing Steph Curry will do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, Steph Curry's doing it. Clay Thompson does it. You know what I mean? Like Joe Harris, like actual three point shooters. We'll do the dunk. We'll do the three point contest, but with the dunk contest, it feels like they're go, they're doing the the Pro Bowl technique where they ask someone and then they're like, "Well, we got to go to the next person because he said no," and then he said no, and then you you get to you get to like guys that don't understand the gravitas of the dunk contest and they're like, "Well, it's midnight the night before. Let's uh, let's put on some Tims and do the same dunk I just did," and I'm like. Okay, but it's uh, not entertaining. <laughs> and then again, it'll be a, it'll be a subpar dunk, and they're like forty five. Yeah, but yeah, that's worth. that's the other that's the other thing. The judges, the judges' standards, and the judges themselves. I'm like, I don't want your opinion anyway. Half of these judges, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like what am I asking? D, what am I asking D Wade for dunking advice? And why was he like, on the panel? <laughs> why was he on the panel when? Uh, Oh my god. Yeah, when he his dunks over, was there. He dunks on Anderson Barajal once and he becomes a dunk contest judge. Like I, I will not stand for it. <laughs> I will not stand for you rating Aaron Gordon's fifties with a with a nine. I will not stand for it. <laughs> Insane. Uh all right, Shay. Let's uh yeah, let's just put the dunk contest behind us and behind the good people of the entire world. Uh <laughs> terrible. They need to fix that. Let's talk about uh, a little bit more of the issue with the MLB. Uh, the strike is still going on. The ninth, 
annual that feels like strike within the MLB, the MLBPA. Uh, so you brought to my attention that there's some news, some developments. Uh, uh, negotiations are still at a standstill. What's what's going on in the world of the MLB? Yeah, so not to kind of flood with all of the details of what's happening right now, because it's a lot of numbers and things I frankly don't care enough to talk about. <laughs> but the issue is that, yeah, this lockout's been going out and the MLB has the two sides. So you have the Players Association, you have the MLB, uh, and the MLB has basically already said, we're going to delay spring training because they're still trying to, you know, negotiate a new collective bargaining agreement. And they've been on further sides of the spectrum and they've slowly inched forward, but it hasn't been enough. So the MLB keeps saying, you know, we'll, we're ready to shut this next portion of the season down. If this doesn't get done at a certain timeline, which they can do. Yeah. But the players are also like, we're not going to take anything less than we want, right? So both of those people having this old Western showdown, both of the sides, they're just not, the time is going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to have the tumbleweed go between them and no one's going to move. I need more money. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give it to you. Well. Okay, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna be playing. Well, I didn't want you to play anyway. Play anyway. <laughs> That's literally it. That's literally it. That's so funny. Yes. So they started with. They started with. We're gonna delay spring training, right? And now spring training's delayed. Now oh, we're no. in the week. <laughs> we're in the week, and by the time this comes out, we have already seen some sort of decision on this. We're in the week of heavy negotiations, you know, multiple hours, proposals <laughs> getting shot down and shot Lots down. Lots of coffee. <laughs> They're in the boardrooms. They're grinding away. It's very and, difficult. And by, this by the time this episode comes out, we will have known, because the MLB has said by, what's the day? It's Monday. Monday the, the 28th? 28th of February, if if no negotiations have resulted in a solution in an actual agreement, then we will, we will delay. We will, sh we might shorten the season. We will delay the start of the season and might result in a shortened schedule. So games. Wait, 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 wait. I just thought about this. Maybe this is a good thing. I want them to keep holding out. So now we don't have 582 million games of baseball. <laughs> Yo, that's, that's true. Why that's don't we true. get a hundred game, like a, just a hundred game or like an 80 game season? Yeah. It might be, it might still, be a good way. Right. It might be, a, it might be a secret blessing. I know that, you know, a lot of the, we talk about a lot, the baseball purists won't like it, right? They like their 162 game season and oh brother you know what i mean they like their middle of middle of june baseball when it's dry heat and the game is 12 innings and <laughs> right now this this is good yeah they've been sitting there with their dry wrinkled puckered lips eating like 12 hot dogs consuming like half of a beer and they're like this I like this. I don't have to go home to my wife if I'm here. 
Keep it going, lads. <laughs> pull us, pull through for 15. 15. <laughs> That'll be six straight hours. And you know what? <laughs> it also feels like anything after the seventh inning takes five years. It takes five years. I don't care if it's a blowout or not. Remember that game we were talking about where the Sox let up? Uh, was it like how many runs? Seven runs? In like it was a seven runs. It was seven runs in the last inning, right? We were at that game, right? Uh, no, no, no. no, no. We were about... at the. Yeah, we were at that that game. No, no. I'm talking about the really bad one where they let. Oh, up like... oh, the one where they scored twenty, right? That one against the Braves. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I do remember that one. Yeah, and we were like, we were like, what is that? What is happening? How did you almost blow this? <laughs> why was yeah, there why was uh, there any second oh, doubt <laughs> yeah but those like, even the one trait even the game that we met up at the two boys watching baseball that game the last two innings were like oh it's a it's a it can get to be a grind especially when it's like game 94 of 100 like you're in the middle of already 162 games and then like <laughs> now this game is a grind and it's like nobody well, cares no seriously that's <laughs> no Okay, and not nobody cares, but uh, let's take the NBA, for example, right? It's 82 games in a season. How many straight, and I know that we're both big Celtics fans, how many games would you say that you realistically watch in, in their entirety? For, for the NBA? Yeah. I watch, a, I mean, I, I watch a lot more because the product is quicker. No, no, but I, like, like, let's just take the Celtics. How many games oh, okay. do you watch out of the 82? If I if full games, I would say, man, it's tough to watch a full game nowadays. It it would be like fifteen or twenty full games. Yeah, I was gonna say probably about the same amount when you're not like a full game, full sit down game, a twenty evenings, the, and that's a quarter of the season. So that's a good amount. That's a lot. Yeah, right. So you're still only watching a quarter of the season, even though you're you know we're pretty dedicated. We like the team, but a lot of it we catch online. Sure. There's no reason you can still have a good baseball season and de- determine which teams are good, which teams are bad, allows for rising and falling and runs and cold streaks and the typical drama that you look for in a sports league season mm-hmm. with 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 less with less than 100 games. You don't need 160. At least I'm advocating to cut out those 60 because we still know that the issue is, is that you're losing fans like nobody's business. Because yeah. your product is unpolished and it takes too long. So why not use this disagreement as a perfect time to make some good changes? I mean, th- yes, from a fan standpoint, I would love some changes for the fan standpoint. right? And that's something that hasn't been really talked about in these proposals. Like things that have been going on are like topics Wait, that have been watch mentioned. people watch us? <laughs> <laughs> topics that have been mentioned, like free agency, draft pick compensation, arbitration for salaries service time luxury tax the the amateur draft like proposing like basically a lottery style for a draft that's something that the the two sides have agreed so it's like a lot of you know the actual like players standpoint though like and what they want right in terms of money in terms of you know being compensated for time for work things of that nature you know minor league play that's probably a topic i know the mlb doesn't want to go near minor league pay but the mlbpa uh i don't know it's a thing it's a it's an issue but for the fan standpoint 
none of the things that we want are being talked about, right? Like, you know, potential thinking about a shortened season, you know, the shift, how that hurts the, the play on the field and, you know, being able to basically shift to any hitter that you want and be ready for them, right? Like it takes away parts of the field and it takes away like, oh, the player is just going to do like, it takes away all the options for the hitter. So the hitter thinks, oh, I'm going to, you know, everyone's stacked to the side. That's normally where I can, you know, where I hit. So I'm just going to try to pull this. And then it leads to strikeouts and, you know, foul, a lot of foul balls, a lot of waiting. And then pitch clock is another thing, right? Like get those pitches on time. I don't want to be sitting here while you blow snot bubbles and, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and like, and like finger your ear and stuff. And like, wait for like nine different signals for the pitch you want. So a lot of those things. I, <laughs> oh, go back to the first one, Max. Go back to the first one. Oh, oh, oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, it's like, no, actually, I didn't like that first one. Can you go back to the oh, four? Oh, curveball. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, something that you know was seen in the college ranks. I think in Vanderbilt was the the watches they had like watches that you could that could display the signal that basically tell them like hey do this so it takes away a lot of the doing the signs what's, and what's wrong with that what's wrong with that oh you still great. oh max you stole my sign i can't believe it like like yeah well your sign is right in front of my face <laughs> so it's like you know what i mean like transmission of signals that like in a different way that like would speed up the game and would right none of that right, is being talked about right exactly and your 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 batter is not going to look back at the uh, at the catcher if he's like checking a wristwatch right yeah i mean or and if and like if you're doing some sort of signal you normally like you'd have if you were cheating you'd have someone in center field or something that has a view of or a camera or something you know what i mean like it, that has a view of the full batter's box and has a view of the pitcher and everything going on from a back standpoint that can see everything. But if you can just take that element out of it, a, it would be harder to cheat. And if someone did, then like, it would, you'd probably be able to figure it out easier. Right. If someone took a electronic signal. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awful how this has been turning out in terms of, None of the topics that have helped or would help pace of play would help the product on the field have been talked about. And it's still going on this long. They're still negotiating. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the real issues that like fans would want, because you're, you're playing for the fans at the end of the day, the real issues are, haven't been, haven't been talked about and you're still not coming to an agreement about what you want. Like it's kind of, it's kind of insane. Like, I don't know. I'm not baseball, sure if I... <laughs> baseball definitely deserves what's coming their way. If it's either a shortened season or a delayed season or something, they put this upon themselves. They're going to have to, you know, find like, figure out what the consequences are at the end of the day. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, Shrey, let's talk about our next topic And our next topic will be another gauntlet. Uh, it's our favorite section. It's one of my favorites. And that is our version of start bench cut where one person will get the golden egg. Two people will have a spot on our fabulous cushioned bench. And one person will go stop doing whatever they're doing related to sports and work at home Depot forever. 
All right, Shrey. This week, we have another NFL announcer gauntlet, but we're not doing play-by-play this time. I think we're doing color. We are. We're doing the color commentators. We're doing the the sidekicks, proverbial sidekicks. Of the Robins. The, play, the, the Robins. But in recent in of recent news they don't get paid like robins they get they get paid like main characters uh in this in this lore so we're gonna be going why why why, yeah why do you say that oh well um maybe it's because troy aikman just got a big fat payday from espn to do monday night football a payday which is uh, supposedly in the the 90 million dollar range you know, players don't even get that much. <laughs> million. There are professional sports players that don't get that much. Oh, think about right. Think about football, especially. Like there are guys. Oh, man. You go deep in that like defensive line, third string. Uh, the guys getting like four hundred k. And like and like even the good guys sometimes. Even the not, good guys are getting like a mil. Not par- all. All of them partially guaranteed. And they can get it, and teams can yeah. void the, void the guarantee if they get it like this thing. What happens? Thing. What happens when Troy Aikman gets uh, injured? <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna come in with the cast and still do they it. They cut him. They're like, nope. They, they cut him. You're done. It's not guaranteed. We can't have you out here injured. <laughs> he shoots the cortisone up and then just comes back out. He's like, I can go. I feel fine. <laughs> so yeah so that was in the big news right and then we also heard sean payton might be negotiating with fox and is in is in negotiations with fox to be troy aikman's replacement basically and you know work with joe buck and al michaels might be on the move but for the time being this is this this is a a gauntlet that was based off of last season what we had is in terms of partnerships and and things of that nature so for color commentators let me go through the list, Max, and let's uh let's see what you got. So for NBC, we had Chris Collinsworth. For Fox this past year, for Fox Sports, we had Troy Aikman. For CBS, we had Tony Romo. And for ESPN, we had a duo of Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick. So it was actually a three-person studio with Steve Levy doing the play-by-play, Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick doing the color uh doing the analysis portion being part of the league and everything like that so <clears throat> what you got huh uh okay <sighs> okay so chris collinsworth is uh all right so i have one person who i even said before the pod i was like oh, i really don't like this guy i don't like when he talks and it's tony romo for me when he just kind of goes off he, there, the past two years he doesn't say anything he doesn't say anything, and he's gotten bad to the point where, like, he tries to make these jokes. They end up not being funny. <laughs> They're about as successful as his football career. Like, he just what? It's just, yeah, no, I'm not a. Fan They're of really flat. Romo. No, his jokes really flat. His they jokes are really, really bad. And when he's on, I'm just like, oh my god, shut <laughs> up! I don't think his color is very good. And 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 he tries. Uh, we were talking about it on the other episode. Like, he tries to make everything. Like for like the important games, he's like, "Oh my God, is this it?" It's a regular like ten yard pass. He's yeah. like, "This could be the play." Like, <laughs> yeah, he does do that a lot. He tries to, you know, what's the word? Like he just tries to exaggerate so much of what's actually happening, and or make the story something where it's like, I mean, yes, but also like, can we talk about the game? 
<laughs> you know what no. I mean? Like he's just like fab he's just like exaggerating storylines in the moment where you're like, Yeah, but can we talk about the game? Can we not think about that? Can we not think about the 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 Kansas City <laughs> dynasty being over? <laughs> this right could be it. <sighs> Yeah, no. Uh, Chris Collinsworth is another guy who, when I hear him on, he, mm, mm, I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I just, what the, mm. okay, the thing that I don't like about the announcers, I don't think any of these guys is particularly bad at their job, except for mm-hmm. Tony Romo, because he just talks about nothing. Everybody else is like, fine. Um, Chris Collinsworth, it was the same problem that I had la- uh, last time we did the gauntlet. I hate when they're biased. It's just when these guys are biased. That's what I don't like. I think my golden egg is going to go to Troy Aikman. I think he should go get his $90 million bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, lo- I, you know, when he talks, he does a good job. Got a good analysis. He's actually pretty funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like Troy Aikman. Tony Romo, man, he just rubbed me the wrong way. So he's getting cut. And then Collinsworth and then the Brian Greasy tandem, they, they can sit on my bench. Not particularly fond, but that that's uh that's my gauntlet today yeah i'm i'm actually with you all the way on this troy aikman i actually like his chemistry with joe buck yeah kind of interested in seeing who they'll pair him up with in espn because him and joe buck and on on fox those broadcasts they they were like kind of like like they would make like subtle, like kind of cringy, but it wouldn't be like cringy where you're like, oh, why'd you say that? It'd be like, it'd be like, oh, these are like two old buds that are like joking about how they're no, like joking game about is. something. Like, because yeah. you remember, you remember when, um, when Aikman got mad that he didn't get put on the, he got put on the, the Bucks Eagles game and he would say this throughout the, he would like say it throughout the, uh, the broadcast. He was like, well, I wish or well, I wish I was in Kansas City right now or something like he was just like <laughs> like because like that that game got so out of hand. And so it like that was kind of funny. So like his little uh, his quips, his quips. Yeah, does a great word with with Joe Buck. Were, uh, pretty funny. He's definitely the best one out of the group. Yeah. Tony but Romo, 90 million, man. Holy. Cow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like he's probably the best one out of the group. I do not I do not expect contracts to be that big. That is like, that is For, pretty. Yeah, that is in- incredible at this day and age. Tony Romo, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm gonna cut him. So yes, yeah, so Troy Aikman's getting my golden egg. Tony Romo, I'm gonna cut him. I actually like Tony Romo his first year. I thought he focused more on the game, and he had that knack of understanding the play that was happening, and like basically predicting it right. And saying like, oh, watch for this guy coming up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and that was like that. I I think of that AFC championship game, Chiefs Patriots. And he's calling that whole overtime. He got like almost every single on the, on each third down. He called the the Gronk uh, third down conversion. He called the, the yeah. Edelman third down conversion. So like, I was like, oh man, like that was cool. Like that was a little thing that he, I thought he was going to keep going with. Then right. he started not to do it. And then he started to to go off the rails and like try to make jokes and then try to like you know what I mean like add stuff that I people are like not part of the it, game irrelevant irrelevant yeah yeah that's another thing he'll be talking about somebody like just completely unrelated it could <laughs> probably be like his dog walker he's like yeah well uh, you know the thing that reminds me of uh, 
you know, uh, Debo Samuel is my dog walker. Uh, you know, he's great. He he really gets up and down with the dogs, and that's that's what I like about Samuel here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like so it's like it doesn't really add to the game. Like I'm actually getting distracted watching. No, it, it detracts. If anything, yeah. yeah I agree. So I'm cutting him. And then in terms of an order on my bench, I actually kind of like Collinsworth. Sometimes okay. he can be kind of. <laughs> sometimes he can he can be kind of like uh, bland in a sense. But there are a lot of calls that I've really like, especially when the games get bigger. Uh, yeah. And like some of the moments, like you know, like I remember his call when the ob on the obj catch, and being like, "Oh, that was a good call!" Like he was actually excited, and like it makes sense, like with the wide receivers, right? He was an old wide receiver for the Bengals, and then him during this Bengals run, like you know, what I mean, like I liked his analysis uh, during the playoffs, and so he has he has some really good moments, and I put him on the first spot on my bench, and then. I'm kind of indifferent about Greasy and Riddick. I like Lewis Riddick. I think having kind of like a GM-ish person in the booth, understanding personnel, understanding football, and also being a part of the front office side, which he was. Mm -hmm. And he's also still continuing to get, you know, interviews and things of that nature. I like having that as an element during games and stuff. It could get old if multiple people like from the front office started doing that, but I like him in his role doing that having both sides he had played the game been in the front office and mm -hmm. then brian greasy i don't know i don't know hey sure he's fine he's not he's not worse than tony romo so i'll keep i can't like he'll go with through he'll ride the coattails of lewis reddick i guess so he's he got my second bench spot all right yeah and that's uh well, and that's that all right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I just I think that Tony Romo stinks. And that's uh, well something we can all just kind of take to the bank. <laughs> come around. Come around, kids. Let's talk. Let's talk Tony Romo not being good at his job anymore. I remember the old Tony Romo days when he would call the game. I miss the old Tony straight from the soul. Tony. <laughs> uh, it, doesn't, it does not sound the same. I apologize, Kanye. I didn't mean to disrespect you like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shrey. So before we get going, uh, let's revisit a franchise, you know, so to, uh, a, a personal favorite of ours. Let's revisit a franchise that's back to its old ways after a dramatic, life-changing offseason last year. Uh, we're back to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots not paying their players, leaving them in the dark, and getting down uh, without coaching staff? Question mark? Yeah, so it's kind of weird. They've had a lot of movement, right? So the biggest of them being Josh McDaniels leaving and becoming the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. So there's yeah. an, a, a huge glaring hole at offensive coordinator. He brought a lot of people with him, um, like the wide receivers coach, Mick Lombardi, and... <clears throat> There was a couple more people that, you know, their names aren't coming to me, but he brought he brought a couple people with them from this particular staff, last year's staff that uh they left and and went with him to Las Vegas. So there's a there's a quite a quite a few holes to to fill. They Bill Belichick brought back Joe Judge, right, as an yeah. offensive assistant of which he hasn't ever coached an offense before. He 
he did special teams here. He he did wide receivers, but fine. Like it it didn't really go that well. Twenty nineteen, but now he's here, and now he's one of not many. And it seems like Belichick and the Patriots in general. I don't know how they'll go through the rest of the offseason, but it seems like for the time being, they're pretty comfortable where they're at with having Joe yeah. Judge. And there was a report by uh, Albert Breer. I think he's MMQB. I forgot where he is now. But that Joe Judge was going to be with the quarterback's room. So he's going to be a quarterback's assistant, quarterback's coach. And um, Matt Patricia was going to do offensive line, of which he has also not coached. Because <laughs> uh, he was when he was back on the Patriots before he was defense, right? He was defense, yeah. He was the defensive coordinator. Uh, then he so went why, and became the why head would coach. you do that? I understand that he was the head coach, right? But he was still a well uh, the Lions, the defensive <laughs> mind. What a, what a great tenure, right? Like he really knew what he was doing from the offensive standpoint. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to me, right? Because when you look at really good teams, they always take the coaching staff seriously, right? They Who's going to be the offensive coordinator? They put they put an offensive coordinator stamp on him. They put a defensive coordinator stamp on him. With this team, and specifically with how Belichick likes to run things, he doesn't like stamping those coaches. I don't I don't like labels. Yeah, hey, he what do- are we? <laughs> I don't want to get tied down. It's not that I'm talking to other women. I just uh, I would like the option to, without feeling guilty. <laughs> seriously hey matt patricia babe what am i uh you're kind of offense that's as much as i'll do (laughs) and it's and it's and it's for reasons that makes like for reasons unknown unknown but like think of this right like if he gives him a label like offensive coordinator he's gonna have to pay him offensive coordinator money if he if he gives someone a defensive coordinator label, he's gonna have to make them pay. But if he puts someone as like an offensive assistant or a consultant, he doesn't have to pay him that. Pay. And guess where that money is gonna be coming from if he has to make that label? Him, right? It feels like he he has his budget for the coaching staff. He makes his <laughs> whatever. He, yeah, and it's him. It's literally just him. What the hell? What what is the salary? Like it's all his assistants and stuff. They're not really labeled in terms of the defense. They had like a code code defensive coordinating combo of his own son and Gerard Mayo. Both of them would neither call defensive coordinators, but both of them worked <laughs> on the defense. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like it just seems like it's such a hodgepodge of people that especially on the offensive side, I don't really want Matt Patricia or Joe Judge anywhere near an offense, considering how the last time they were a part of an offense, uh, they like they made people lose brain cells watching them, basically. So to have that here, anywhere near Mac Jones, someone that you have basically said, we're building around this guy, he, we need him to, to take a, a next step in this in yeah. this NFL career, right? Something like we know his issues. We knew we started him off very slowly. We need him to grow now. I don't think of Joe Judge when when I think of growth in quarterback, considering how Daniel Jones had a really good start to the season and then uh, completely combusted. 
oh, at the end of the what do you season. mean, Shay? You don't want that for Mac Jones? <laughs> do, do I do I want him to be sneaking at his own goal line on third and nine? <laughs> I'll, I you'll, can you do might, it. You might make me reconsider. <laughs> uh, so yeah. it's frustrating. It's really frustrating that we're at this point when you know we're we're getting into the first part of the the off season free agency and people look at at organizations people look at coaching staffs and stuff and obviously money talks when you pay someone free agency but you know what i mean if it doesn't work out well it's going to be a quick leash especially if you don't have the right guy that will come in and be beneficial to your team beneficial to your players a defense that needs work right yeah. like and now you have to, it, it it would be nice to have one person calling the plays right but to have two people on both sides you're like well now you know the operation is just belichick i don't know i for me for me i would want a staff i would want labels i want a staff i want someone that you go to this guy for this problem you go to this guy for that problem they're not just all assistants but belichick has his way of running things and if it doesn't get any better than it did last year it's going to be a real concern yeah Hundred percent, and it's uh, Bill Belichick. For those of you who don't know, I didn't know until about a few minutes ago. He makes twelve and a half million a year just in terms of salary, but in terms of total earnings, it's expected that he pulls in over twenty million a year. Yeah, it's it's something that's a that lot of money. Coach salaries, that's a lot of money. Coach salaries don't really come out, and his is like some of the most covert stuff. Like you, like when people talk about Bill Belichick's full earnings, yearly earnings, someone has to like you know give a a non-verified tweet and it might be like that's the basic like someone who's verified and someone who's non-verified might have the same amount of knowledge about his about his earnings because literally no one knows that that info doesn't come out and it's so that you know people don't compare him to a other one anyone else but also to his own players and staff like people can't say oh well belichick takes up this much like then why aren't you paying this guy or that guy so it's like for the team's benefit i guess but like you said if it's around 20 million like that's a considerable amount of money every year to be paying your coach you would hope that he would be okay with you know bringing in a staff considering he has that that much ground on the on the no team, right? Right. he's he, yeah he's kind of he's in the doghouse now he's really struggling financially yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh he's always been that way <laughs> oh good old bill <laughs> uh, on to my next paycheck <laughs> yeah uh it's it's interesting to see and uh, you know of course the season kind of just finished la rams are still i'm sure celebrating uh We'll see what happens over the over the next couple of months with the Patriots and their roster and their coaching and developments. I think it's still a little early to make you know our predetermined judgments right now, um, but we'll keep everybody updated as things unfold. Just two weeks late, that is all. <sighs> all right, you've been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.